So yep. we're right on the dot. Welcome everybody. Tim, Dee, Justin, Max, thanks so much for joining us on this session of conversational commerce. And and Tim, I think you, we're also live on your group at the same time. Yep, we're in buyers. In ad buyers, okay, cool. Yep. yep. That's fantastic. Yeah, so thanks again so much guys today for joining us. All the audience that is trickling in, that's fantastic. We're gonna be talking about conversational commerce. So how to drive sales through conversations at scale on your website. And like, I think we've got the most all-star panel that we ever had for uh, the conversational commerce store. So that's really exciting. Thanks so much guys for joining in. So like, before we jump right in, like quick round of introduction. I, some of you guys don't need it, but uh, let's still do it for the people in here. So Tim, do you wanna kick off and tell us a little bit more about you, about AdLeaks? And yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, so they, you guys uh, hopefully all know who I am. I started this, uh, the ad buyers group a long time ago, uh, about six or seven years ago. Um, uh, but what I want to do is I want to introduce everyone that's going to be on this panel. So number one, we got Travis uh, from uh, Gorgeous. Uh, Gorgeous, for those of you guys that don't know, uh, is one of our official uh, AdLeaks partners and ad buyers partners. Um, they're an awesome, awesome platform if you guys do e-commerce, which most of you do. Um, period. It'll make you more money. It makes customer service easier, sales easier, uh, uh, workflow easier. Honestly, it just makes everything easier. Um, so I'd highly, and, and you guys get a deal if you're a member of AdLeaks, so bonus all the way around. Um, so we have uh, Travis uh, uh, from Gorgeous. Uh, uh, I we have the Travis, but I'm Phil. <laughs> uh, I, I logged in, in as Travis, but I'm Phil, but that's all good. Yeah, I thought you were Phil, but I saw the yeah. name there. I wanted to make sure. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, and then we have uh, uh, Justin Brenner. Uh, you guys should all know from, uh, from AdLeaks uh, and AdBuyers as well. Uh, then we have Mr. D. Deng uh, from Australia, um, uh, runs a, a very large agency. Um, he's been on a lot of panels and a lot of, uh, done a lot of speaking. Uh, you guys have hopefully seen him around also for quite a few years now. Very, very smart guy. Uh, and then not, not only, uh, not only then Mr. Maxwell Finn, I'm excited to have you guys all here. Maxwell Finn uh, is a, uh, uh, known for, I'd say, mainly the the Trump coin uh, uh, and tons of uh, the, the startup drugs, I believe it was the t-shirts, um, and just honestly amazing, amazing videos uh, all around um, yeah, and as an agency as well. Um, we have a really all-star cast for you guys, but I feel like I'm talking a lot, so I'll let you guys take over. <laughs> Actually, you want to go ahead and uh, tell us a little bit more about your company, what you guys are up to? Sure. I'll... Uh... And just making sure the audio is the audio is good now. I removed one of the uh, the settings that was keeping Much it. Better. Um, we're good. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll keep this short and, and sweet, and we can jump into the good stuff. Um, I've been doing pay traffic for about seven years now. Started an agency about six years ago with Kevin Harrington from Shark Tank called Quantum Media. We ran that for a few years. Uh, worked with everybody from 3M Sam's Club to dozens and dozens of product companies. Uh, Unicorns, what my partner Jeremy and I run now. We have an info product business where we teach what we do. We have a consulting company where we do what we teach. We have our own uh, internal brands and properties. We have a, a big collectible business for conservatives, political business. And then we just launched a performance marketing division uh, built around a content hub called unicorn-products.com. That's a site. Um, and building out a lot of our own listicles, product reviews, pre-sales, advertorials, all that good stuff. So lots of exciting stuff to uh, talk about tonight. Awesome. Hell yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm is it the person that 
ends talking, hands it off. So I'm just going to throw the ball to D and force him to uh, to jump on and talk. <laughs> was good, was good. Um, so I run Red Hook Digital. We, I mean, shit, it's, it's kind of crazy. Two, two and a half years ago, we were two people. Uh, I looked at our team Slack yesterday. We're like 52 now, which is kind of gross. I just don't know how we got here, but we somehow are here. Um, e-commerce growth is where we're at. Uh, paid traffic, paid social pr- predominantly. Uh, we're, tr- we're jumping into a few pretty cool areas. I don't want to jinx it just yet, but we're <laughs> trying to pivot really hard in the next few months um, just to play around in a few other areas as well. Uh, jumping into the performance market, but definitely into the CPA space as well, which is super fun, really different kind of world, but it's super, super fun. Um, but always been big on video. I've got uh, just launched a new show as well called Growth and Greatness, which is super, super fun. Having Max there with um, Tover from Giddy Up, that was a really great thing. Just speaking with smart people. Thanks so much. And I'm Phil from Gorgeous. So Gorgeous, we're a partner with uh, AdLeaks, but we also help 3,000 e-commerce merchants to scale everything in their backend support. And uh, prior to that, I was running uh, a couple of websites doing eight figures a year and always got some e-commerce uh, stuff going on outside <laughs> can't stop it and uh, other than that like my thing today is really all about partnership and biz dev same thing like uh, all you guys like e-commerce is blowing up right now our clients feel it so we're here to make sure that they uh, are well served and they are they have the infrastructure to go forward and just before we jump in let's talk a little bit about coronavirus uh, so the data that we see internally uh, around uh, the order amount that our merchants are experiencing right now is just like 33% increase to, compared to pre-coronavirus situation. So all merchants across the board are doing better if they have inventory and if their product like is on point. So some are obviously like winning more and some are hurting a little bit. There was a little bit of confusion at the first couple of weeks of the lockdown, but no, all, all in all, Shopify is doing fantastic. One of our partner, Recart, same thing, all-time high order amounts on all of their merchants. And, you know, one thing that's great, and you guys are probably seeing it across your uh, your Facebook accounts, is that, like, CPMs were down for uh, a good portion of the month of April. A lot of Fortune 500 pulled back all of their uh, ad spend, and that left a lot of opportunity for direct-to-consumer brands to spend more and scale their, uh, their advertisement if they got... Um, if they got the inventory. So maybe let's start with this. What do you guys have seen like in terms of custom ads over the last couple of months? Is there any trends, any verticals that are doing better? Uh, and uh, and where do we go from there on the CPM and uh, CPA side? Who wants to start? I, I don't mind. I don't mind jumping in. Um, we can get a little, yeah, little rhythm going on. Who, who goes first? Want, let's go ahead. Just jump, just jump in. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's been it's been awesome. Uh, I mean, let me take that back. So, it's it's a weird <laughs> it's it's a weird place to be. I, we've been talking about this a lot internally in our team, like where things are going very very well with what we do as a business, while there's also mass suffering and and terrible things happening. Right, you have almost thirty million people unemployed in the U.S. So it's balancing those two things. Um, what we've seen on our end is dramatic decreases in in CPMs to match this chart pretty much across the board in everything that we run from supplements to tactical gear, uh, skincare, uh, and 
you know, not, not like just small decreases. We're seeing like four or $5 CPMs right now running cold traffic, website conversion ads direct to offers. Um, you know, a lot of that has to do with also we run stuff for big brands and that's, I'm sure we're going to talk about today is like the, the power of these brands that are actually putting out lots of content, building an audience, have a lot of, of great reputation behind them. So things like with Onnit, for example, it, it makes it a lot easier. But yeah, I mean, we're we're seeing the lowest CPMs I've ever seen on the platform. Some of the lowest CPAs we had, you know, CPA offers where basically our, our ROI is doubled to tripled without changing anything. Um, wow. You know, the, the, the last thing I'll say is it, it's a numbers game though, right? Because CPMs are decreasing, but so are CTRs. And so there's a, a balancing act of, hey, is your, is your CPM decreasing faster than your CTRs are decreasing? Um, for some industries and some people I know, CTRs and conversion rates are just so off that even that decrease in CPMs isn't offsetting it. Um, so that's, it's really an industry by industry thing. But across the board for us, um, everything we do on e-com um, has, has performed much better the last two months. So you brought on it. Well, uh, that's, a, that's a website? Yeah, so onnit.com is one of uh, it's uh, Joe Rogan and Aubrey Marcus, their supplement brand. Um, cool. So we're doing a lot of stuff with them on performance for Alpha Brain and all their supplements. Yeah, it's like Nootropics, right? Yep, and it just crushes because they have great content. They have tons of stuff with Joe Rogan, so it's it it's a very easy account to run because you can just pull from the JRE show, and uh, it's like him and you know Judd Apatow talking about it. It makes our life pretty easy as uh, media buyers. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, yeah. yeah so, it, uh, go ahead, D. Now you go, man. Rock, paper, scissors. All right. Um, <laughs> yeah, you go ahead and I'll jump in. I was just going to say something quick that uh, I've seen across a lot of our client accounts that uh, just kind of like what Max said that uh, most of them are doing better. Um, I have seen uh, quite a bit better also. Um, uh, I've seen a, a mostly like double profit uh, across most of the clients, um, but I have seen a few that have been suffering. Um, um, the ones that are doing really well, obviously are like, uh, uh, anything that you can do from home, uh, games, uh, almost anything right now, there's been a handful that haven't done well. But what I have seen though, is that, uh, uh for the first kind of like two weeks or so, like you kind of mentioned, Phil, um, of lockdown, the, uh, the, the everything was bad, honestly, <laughs> conversion rates were bad, you name it. Uh, but then, uh, the last month and a half or so, um, it's been really good. Um, but then it seems like in the last, just in the last week, uh, things are starting to get more expensive again um, and go, uh, you know, back to normal, so to speak. So I don't know if, uh, if you have any data past April 5th, but if you, if you did, uh, uh, I'd be interested to see what, uh, uh, what the last, uh, I guess, month has been lo uh, looked like since then. Yeah, I don't have the, the, the last two weeks. Uh, but yeah, D, did you have uh, something to add to this? Yeah, it, it, was, it's, it was really interesting charting back to, and it was something that we spoke about in our last town hall uh, internally in my, with my team, charting back to the, the week of May 16th, right? The Monday, um, which ironically was my birthday and when just shit hit the fan. Uh, and we were bracing for the worst looking at the categories that we handle. And we do a lot of um, fashion, beauty, skincare, wellness, and going, oh my God, our portfolio is almost 100% discretionary goods what's going to happen there. Um, and, you know, we, we had a few clients go on pause. Uh, naturally, one of them sold smart luggage. So that was just going to go hell in a handbasket. 
Um, but we were bracing for really bad results. Uh, just no, you know, mar just consumers not wanting to purchase, say, dresses, for example, or jewelry. And surprisingly, just like everyone else is experiencing, we got the good stuff there as well. Even though we were bracing for, wait, let's focus on the supplement uh, clients that we have and let's focus on the more util utility ones, uh, expecting that the fashion ones were going to really take a hard hit. Some of them got hit on the, on the manufacturing side and supply chain side, but from a ad performance standpoint, they were still going strong, which is a really pleasant surprise. Really, really pleasant surprise. I was, we were expecting completely different, trying to be smart and predict the future, but didn't pay, play out that way whatsoever. That was great, great insights, thank you guys. And like, I mean, the traffic that you must see as well is pretty consistent with what we just talked. And actually the CTO of Shopify, a couple of weeks ago just tweeted this uh, picture that was like he was telling that the story that it was black friday every day right now on shopify in terms of traffic mm -hmm. but one of those charts is like one of those lines is actually the order count as well so he was not supposed to talk about this one but it's so order as well two weeks ago it was just like gangbusters all the time and like and that's that's as of yesterday the shopify stuck and sorry it's in canadian dollar but that it just reached an all-time high. It's now the most valuable stock. It just surpassed, in Canada, it's just surpassed the Royal Bank of Canada as the most valuable company in the country uh, yesterday. Yeah, so it's pretty nuts what's going on with like a 10% increase in one day. So I guess like there's a lot of confidence right now where e-com is going, where brands are taking ownership of their, uh, of their customers uh, and where they control a little bit more the flow of, of information versus the uh, typical Amazon story. So that's all very, very interesting. And when we're looking post-coronavirus, that's actually, uh, there's a little video behind that, but that's in Beijing. You know, they started like the unlocking everything about like three weeks ago. And basically the orders, the online orders were still so high right now that they're setting up like open air kind of warehouses in front of the uh, apartment buildings for people to like drop their packages because like there's just no much not much space in the apartment buildings for all the online orders that are happening right now. So if that tells us anything about where it's gonna go when we come out of the coronavirus situation, well, that can be an indication. Like e-commerce is gonna stay super strong when we come out of this situation and even as retail reopens. And like this is, I think, one uh, one play where you guys can all jump in, but. A lot of the brands that we're seeing succeed right now, they changed their wording of their messaging to acknowledge what's going on right now, but still without necessarily being like super in your face, super salesy. So for example, like grab a home is like, we're all feeling that new home cooking diet right now, make life easy by cooking with grab and get back to Netflixing. And then it's like UGC, hashtag Corona diet, right? So it's like, I'm not trying to sell you too hard on the coronavirus, but like, I know you're like, you're feeling it. So like, have you guys like readjusted completely the, uh, the creatives for, for your clients and how is that coming through? And do you like, do you feel that it resonates with the audience? Yeah. I mean the, um, what I think is interesting about what's happening right now. And I, a lot of people are saying, well, hey, it's, you know, people are stuck inside. And as soon as things go back to normal, like everything's going to go back, right? As soon as you open up the country, I, I think we're going to be in a period where consumer behavior is going to be like permanently adjusted 
for for quite some time. Like it, it may be you know years before consumers start doing things the way they used to. This has permanently impacted the lives of pretty much every person in the world. And so when we're looking at like creating new strategies going forward, it can't be about the virus. It's got to be about how consumer behavior has changed. And I think that that's the key. If you're a brand right now, or you're an affiliate and you're just trying to use fear to sell, which, hey, that, that can work in the short run. It's, it's inauthentic. It's, it's, it's negative. It's not going to get you very far. It might make you, you know, maybe $50,000, $100,000, whatever it is this month, but you're not going to make millions over the next year doing that. What all these brands are doing, what we've done is we've looked at, okay, well, what does the virus cause people to have to start doing differently? And how can we position our product, the solution of our product to those new problems and pain points? Because that's all you're doing as a marketer is understanding what are the problems that these people have and how is our product a unique solution to those problems? So the problems are still there, but they've changed a little bit. So you need to modify the copy and modify the creative to be more in line with that. And it doesn't, doesn't have to be dramatic either, right? I think the other mistake a lot of brands make is they're, they're over adjusting, right? They're like, okay, we need to go all in on this and be happy, go lucky. And every single ad needs to be about, we're here for you and we care for you and we're donating and stuff. And I think if that wasn't who you were as a brand before this, going too far that way can really backfire and make you look like this is, yeah, this is clearly, they're doing this because it can make them money, not because they actually care. Otherwise they'd be doing more stuff when things weren't bad, right? Um, yeah, so for us, again, anytime you can work and work from home, um, the way people are eating differently, the way people are communicating differently. And if we have a product that solves a problem that fits into those pain points, uh, working that in has been really effective and definitely increases pretty much every metric we track across the board, but it's not forced or like over the top. Does any of you guys have a, a brand uh, top of mind that we can look at that either you're working on or that, that like did that very well in the last, and I have Facebook ad library pulled up right now. I can just uh, bring it on screen. Yeah, I mean, if you want to look at, like, if you want to pull up on its page, because um, what they did, which is really smart, is they adjusted pretty significantly and rolled out an entire new product category. So on its, on its six is um, their workout from home product. So they basically, they have at their headquarters, they have this sick, massive, like, corporate gym where all these athletes come and work out and stuff. And they're like, hey, we have all this talent. We have all this influencers, this brand recognition. Like, let's just film a six week program. And so they just launched, we did like a one week challenge where if you got in there, the challenge started like last week, it has a big cash prize, all kinds of amazing stuff. Um, and then they have an evergreen one. So they rolled out an entire new product category for this, but again, it doesn't feel forced. It fits their brand. Like this is who they are as a brand. It's, they didn't like build a gym just to do this. Like this, Hey, we have this space and now people can't go to the gym. How can we help them? Okay. Well, well let's shoot a ton of content at home, at, you know, at our gym and run a really cost-effective program. You know, it's 40 bucks or whatever, and people can do it from the living room. We have four different programs. Um, so that, that's been huge. And they shot a ton of great content for that um, in their, their gym. And then like Alpha Brain or some of the other supplements, just the, the copy's been modified a little bit just to be about working from home, right? Like subtle things. It's, hey, this is still a product helps you with focus and memory and productivity, it's a lot harder to be focused and productive when you're now working from home with two kids and you can't get, you know, get away. So lots of subtle things. And there's a ton of ads in there because they, they have a ton of different products. Um, but those are just like a few things that they've done that have uh, worked out really well. That's really cool. Team D, 
Yeah, anything to add to that? Well, from my side, um, the, the, it's interesting watching what this event did to, uh, is, is forcing a lot of brands and advertisers to do, which is it, it shows who really has empathy and who doesn't, I think, or is able to communicate that properly. So there's a framework that I can, I can share here whenever we think about any angles or any creative or anything like that. Most products, most brands try to solve an external problem, right? With um, when they think about what is the copy, what is the angle, what is the, the messaging, what we then do is go, everyone that has a problem, it usually has, they have an external problem, an internal problem, and then a philosophical problem. It always breaks down into those things. So I'm, uh, I need this which is what most brands do or most, you know, like direct to consumer, smaller businesses do. And, but if we ask the question, why do they need it? And what will they feel after they get it? That's where we're trying to figure things out. So coronavirus is the external thing, like what you were saying, like the whole, um, everyone is, there's so many brands trying to go all in and go really, really hard on the coronavirus side. That's external. Right. And then the ones that do it well understand the internal. I'm getting irritated because my kids are running around screaming and I'm trying to have meetings or I feel like a piece of trash because I can't go out and get my Botox and my like haircut and my makeup done and my nails done. Uh, so th there we find things that we can soothe already. And then we've the ones that do it well, the brands are really able to connect at that level. If they can do the philosophical and even better, but usually even if you can get to the internal, it's already good enough. Tim, anything you want to chime in? Uh, just that I absolutely agree. I've seen the same thing. If you try to go too hard on it, um, it can kind of go blow up in your face a little bit. Um, but what, but exactly like this, where you weave it in in like a in a in a classy way, so to speak, uh, like a very uh, just just kind of minimal. You don't want to like go too hard on it, you know. I, I guess unless you're selling toilet paper or something, you can go pretty hard on it then. But <laughs> yeah, you know that bread hell tushy. These guys are just like crushing it right now. If you don't have yeah, one at anything, home, right? uh, for the, those of you guys out there doing drop shipping, stuff that's doing really good right now is like anything to do with uh, uh, health and cleaning, uh, uh, gym, uh, workout equipment, like at-home workout equipment is doing really, really well. Uh, anything to do with like vitamins and supplements is doing pretty well. I don't know if you guys saw the article that came out today about vitamin D. Um, I can uh, predict vitamin D is about to start selling out everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, we're we're working really hard to get a vitamin. Anna has a vitamin D product. And we're like, can you please put that into an affiliate offer for us so we can start promoting it? Yeah, I just ordered like ten bottles for myself just so I can give out to a few, some to friends because they're going to go away in a couple of days. I already know it. Yeah, crazy. I'm all about that vitamin uh, D, baby. What what I'm curious about, I am I'm curious if any of you guys on the panel here, uh, or Phil, if you can uh, comment for any any clients, uh, you know, that you might have doing this on Gorgeous. Um, any of you guys selling uh, selling like face masks or anything like that, like directly related to coronavirus? We got yeah. one. I've seen some crazy stuff in the last couple of weeks, like going from 100 to 200K a day, drop shipping. Like, but then the problem is getting it out of China. It's a, yeah. it's a, it's a real pain. And uh, so like a lot, even if you use DHL, FedEx, whatever, like there's that backlog at the freight forwarder either Shenzhen or Shanghai where it really gets stuck right now. So yeah. uh, and you can split your shipments like 
it's it's a it's a pain. It's possible, but it's a pain. But like as you guys were saying, like how long is that going to last? Like the masking, because that's really asserting the top of the uh, of the wave. And just for like uh, for the short story, I was I wanted to help about a month ago. So like I just started like a, a store like Connected Supply at Plus, where I marked it up four percent to cover the uh, the credit card processing fee. And without zero advertisement, just posting on one doctor group. My wife is a doctor. And we saw like 50K in one day of like the more medical kind of stuff. And uh, at the beginning it was going well, but after that, then the government in China just shut down everything and it became like a nightmare to get the product out. So like now we just pulled up and like, we wanted to do that to help, but it's like keeping all my evenings like at 11 p.m. So, like, to hustle China, it's like not worth it. Little little info for you guys too. Uh, there's about to be a really big uh, mask demand that's about to happen. Um, <clears throat> Uh, the FDA just uh, yesterday uh, took away um, uh, about 100 out of 130, so a, a vast majority of all the uh, approved factories that are doing KN95s that have FDA clearance. Um, they no longer have FDA clearance. The FDA well, pulled man. it on all of them, uh, which means that there's a lot of products that are not going to get into U.S. customs. Um, so if you are doing drop shipping of those masks and stuff, you need to hit up your manufacturer immediately uh, and ask them if they are one of the ones that still have FDA clearance or not. Otherwise, you're going to lose a lot of money. Yeah, like yeah, it's a it's a risky business. If you guys want to get a mask, like that's it. That's your prerogative. Like just don't put too much money up front because, uh, yeah, it might backfire. Mm -hmm. But let's jump into uh, what uh, the main topic of today: so conversational commerce. And for us, a gorgeous conversational commerce, it's all about helping merchants increase conversion rate through one-on-one. -on -one real-time interaction. It doesn't mean that those interactions cannot be uh, scalable and automated, but it needs to be almost real-time. And there's a lot of channels that we will talk about today. But before we jump into the channels, it's like this is really important because what we've noticed is that the conversion rate for, for a pre-sale chat or a pre-sale SMS reply in less than 10 minutes is actually 28% on average across all our accounts. So if you take your average conversion rate at three points and you take a pre-sale chat uh, that gets a reply from customer service at 28 points, well, then you know that you need to, uh, to get on it and make sure that you get those conversations under control. And for example, this is one of the shoe brands we're working with like on December 2nd. Well, okay, that's a, I should have made the, this little stat. It's a, it starts to be dated, but they got 494 pre-sale chats in one day, 230 of them converted within seven days of talking to someone on customer service. It was like 46% conversion rate for those conversations. And uh, it drove that day, it impacted, sorry, that day, $22,000 in sales. But yeah, the first response time, again, two minutes. So like, if you can find some automation, and that's a couple of the things that we're gonna be talking about today, to get quickly on those pre-sale inquiries, there is a lot of value to unlock there for your brand. So one of the thing I want to talk about is like the first channel is like post-purchase uh, conversations. And there's there's a lot to unpack here, but basically what we're looking on at the screen is somebody asking, where is my order, for example, and then using this conversation to remind them on how many loyalty points they have and where to go redeem those points. You know, the loyalty program is some, sometimes a little bit hard to drive traffic to and, and feel it falls a little bit out of love. 
So we're using this with some of our clients in order to remember and remind clients that are post-purchase to go to that traffic to, uh, to redeem those points. And yeah, just the, the floor is up to you guys. Like, what do you see as some good tactics to upsell post-purchase clients that are contacting some of your brands? Either like Tim, you have like a, a big like consulting and all the thing. I know I've received a lot of text messages uh, <laughs> from uh, your programs, but I'm wondering like post-purchase or in the funnel, like what do you see are good ways to upsell people or uh, just remind them about an offer that you have when they already purchased? I mean, I'm definitely happy to talk about it, but I would, uh, for post-purchase anything, uh, Maxwell, my go-to guy. So I'd recommend that he answer this one. <laughs> talk about send the bar. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, can't, I can't defer. D's my guy, actually, that I go to when it comes to all post-purchase stuff. Um, no, I'll, I'll share. Justin's, Justin's um, my guy. So <laughs> <laughs> You've got nobody to go to, Justin. <laughs> nobody um, likes dealing with post-purchase. It's like, <laughs> first sale, that's it. No, I, I've just literally heard Max give think, multiple speeches on post-purchase. It works I mean. for some brands and for others, it doesn't for us. Like I'm, I'm personally not a big fan of post-purchase, but we also run a lot with, um, you know, I don't want to say as spammy isn't the word, but as proven big brands. And, and we've had a lot of issues getting post-purchase to work, um, especially like post-purchase right after cart. So like, like I said, I think Max would be the guy. Yeah. So I'll, I'll share a few things, uh, a few things. So I think, when we look at post-purchase, it's not just about monetization, right? It's about how can we maximize the likelihood this person is going to become a second time customer and, and be happy, right? It's not just about like, I need to sell them right away. That's not the only way to get somebody to come back and buy again. I think there's this, this, this assumption, which is pretty crazy that because I got them to buy once, they're automatically going to buy again and I don't have to do anything, right? Just they're going to come back. Um, I think last time I checked, the stat was like 20 to 30% is the, uh, the repeat purchase rate on average. Um, so you know, most of those people that you paid a shit ton of money for to come buy your product are not coming back. Uh, the, the number increases to about 65% on average once they buy a second time. So once somebody buys a second time, the likelihood of another purchase now just increased by, by a dramatic percent. So um, for us, it's about how can we keep that person initially engaged and remove as many of the the negative thoughts as possible and so especially if you're in like drop shipping print on demand you're the one one of the biggest things you have working against you is your shipping times and people consumers have come to expect i'm gonna get a product tomorrow right i buy it on amazon they teleport it to my house and it's there um that's who you're competing with right and so every anything else you send them before they get a product is gonna piss them off if it's not the product, right? Anything you send them, you can send them a discount code, whatever it is. Um, so what we do is we have like a thank you approach. So we'll post purchase retarget on paid with a thank you video from the founder of the company. Um, we'll, we'll basically make sure that we're saturating them with that message. We're not just relying on email because email, even if it's a customer and you have a great open rate, let's say it's 40%, 50% for, for buyers, right? Maybe it's 60%, but still that's for every thousand buyers, that's 500 to 400 people that aren't seeing it, right? So you can't assume that they've seen a thank you or any type of recognition that they're valuable for their purchase. Um, then we'll move on to how can we keep them in the loop that their products being like being put together, right? And one of the, the ideas that we got, and this is not an original idea, um, we got, I got this from Lush, which is a uh, like a skincare company. 
uh, they're in like every mall basically. And you, they do like custom, custom skincare. Um, and if you go into the store and you look in the back of any of the packages, it has a little caricature of the person in the factory that actually put the product together. So it's like, Hey, this thing was bottled by Steve or Cindy. And it's a little, little kind of character of them. And so we're like, well, the brand what? again, that you're just talking about right now. It's called lush L U S H. It makes um, like bath bombs and soap, yeah. and candles and stuff like that. It's a place that smells really good. You walk in there and just there's overwhelming with, with good stuff. Um, so we started doing was like, Hey, if for our clients, like film a video inside your warehouse, showing the process of actually putting an order together, especially if you're us based, um, like them actually seeing a real human being who's an employed person, like in America is like putting your product together. Hey, this is Dave. This is Cindy. They're hard at work, putting your order together and shows them taking it off the warehouse, you know, putting it in a box, all that stuff. And it keeps them up to date and they feel like, Hey, they care about me. They're letting me know what's going on. I now have a, a touch point between when I bought and when I'm getting the product. I'm less likely to reach out to them and, and bother customer support asking where my product is. Um, so we started doing something like that as well. So thank you. Then kind of a behind the scenes look of your order getting put together. Um, and then, and only then do we actually think about anything related to the product. So we usually take like a, a we look at all of our orders over, you know, a six month window and we look at, Hey, what's the, like the 95 percentile, what does that time look like to get to a product? And that's kind of our benchmark line in the sand for anything that we start for post-purchase. We make sure, Hey, at least 95% of people on average should have the product by now. And now we can start with, Hey, you know, you got this product. Here's a really cool product that can go with that, whether it's cross-selling or upselling, whether it's, um, you know, moving to ask for a review by entering them into a contest. Hey, every month we do, a, you know, we do a special giveaway for the person that takes the best photo with the product, tells us the best feedback on the product. We make sure not just to like, and anybody can stop me too while I'm, while I'm going here because I, I don't want to be the only person talking. Um, we make sure we don't just say, hey, tell us why you love the product. Right? We say, hey, like, we'd love to hear what you love of the product. We'd love to th- hear what you think we could do better. Right? We want to make it sh- seem like we actually care about an opinion, not just we want something from them. Um, so being super open, transparent about what we want th- from them. It's not just give us a good review. It's also, Hey, give us some feedback so we can make the product and experience better for you and future customers. Um, that works really well with reviews though. You, you probably want to give like a two week buffer from the point of purchase, because if they just got the product yesterday or two days, three days ago, they might not have enough time to have actually an experience with the product to give you a valuable review. Um, and they're more likely probably just to, to feel rushed and give you a bad review. Um, even if the product's great. Then there's like 30 days out or, you know, three weeks out, you can move to push to continuity, right? So maybe you have a, like you sell, you know, alpha brain, right? You sell this supplement and it's a 30 day supply. Well, what ends up happening with a lot of these products is people want to keep using them, but like once they run out of it, then they go, then they're going to go a few days without it. And so by that point, they're like, eh, I'm just going to move on. Once, like if you can hit them before they run out, so like a week buffer, maybe a week and a half buffer. Hey, you're probably loving Alpha Brain right now. It's, uh, it's probably helping you work faster, be more productive, boost your memory. It gets better over time. We want to make sure you don't run out, run out of it. So we're going to ship you a new bottle. We're going to give you 10% off. Um, and we're going to throw in this bonus supplement, new mood, a free 10-day sample or whatever if you subscribe today. Um, that way they're going to get the product before they run out. And they're much more likely to stay on and be you know, retained as a long-time customer. So there, I mean, there, there's a ton of stuff, right? Um, but those are kind of a few things that, that we try to do. 
And it's not just a single channel. It's an omni-channel thing. So it's, we're leveraging SMS, we're leveraging email, we're leveraging, you know, paid traffic for the retargeting to just maximize the, uh, the kind of saturation the likely that person's going to get that message. Um, especially post-purchase retargeting, if you're using like reach and stuff, it's super, super cheap to get that message in front of your customers. I'm curious, Max, do you do anything with like immediate post-purchase? Like they buy then like with card hook or anything like that, have you ever seen success with immediate post-purchase upsell? Yeah, so um, it for for certain businesses, it's for whatever reason, like like you said, Justin, there's, there's some businesses where just upsells just don't click. Um, and I think it has a lot to do with like, what's the product, like what's the, the, the kind of, what do the SKUs look like? What's the product variety look like? Cause I know there's some people out there that like have their single product companies, they have one or two products and it's like, they're just upselling additional quantities. It's hard to do. Um, for our, our collectible business, uh, proud Patriots, that is like massive. I mean, the, the AOV on our orders for that business is off the charts. Um, and that's because we're selling like real currency. We're selling, you know, real collectibles. And so we're getting people that are super passionate about, you know, what's conservative. So they're super passionate about Trump. They're coming in and they love it. We're selling them, you know, $2 bills, dollar coins, gold coins, all kinds of stuff. And then we're upselling them. Hey, you just came in and bought this, you know, Trump 2020, keep America great bill. And now here's a, uh, a coin set with all the Republican presidents. And then here's a coin set with the three branches of military to support our military. Um, so we just know that customer really, really well. And we know that a, a customer that buys collectibles, um, they buy a lot of collectibles. So they're always looking for something to add to their collection. So for a business like that, I mean, that, that's a, a game changer. Our AOV it, with, with upsells is usually about 50% to 75% higher um, day one than it is. No, so it's uh, proudpatriots.com is, uh, is our collectible uh, store. Um, but yeah, it, it's like you said, it's, it's hit or miss sometimes. Certain businesses, just you can't find anything to resonate. doesn't matter what you do. doesn't matter what the offer you make, the bundle you put together. It just, uh, just doesn't click. And then certain businesses, it's a, like a game changer. It, it makes the difference. It makes pay traffic work um, having that, that back end. Oh, yeah. I love those green, <laughs> those great green buttons. Uh, you must have tested a couple of these. That's the, that's the one that I, I can't take. I can't take credit for that. That's a BGS. Um, Tan yeah, Tanner Larson and, and Matt Stafford. No, not their theme. They, uh, they're we retain them. They like work on this. We we have a basically. Yeah, they're a, a great guys. BGS. Too bad that their event uh, probably won't happen this summer. And, uh, yep. In Reno. Oh yeah, that's but great. Those guys know data. Yeah. Oh yeah. Funny. That's all they do, man. A B test uh, and optimize all day. One, uh, one, random, one random thing that I've seen uh, do before we get off of post-purchase, um, one random thing that I've seen do really, really well for post-purchase um, is uh, uh, two different things. Um, but you run uh, running uh, messenger ads to everybody uh, that just bought uh, and everybody that didn't buy. So basically all your card abandons, um, I like to run a messenger ad to them, uh, asking them why they didn't buy. Um, you know, uh, and then give them a few options like, was it the price? Uh, you know, was it the shipping time? Uh, did you have more questions, et cetera? Um, and then usually you can convert those people over Messenger uh, to purchasing. Um, and then also, uh, if you run uh, Messenger ads to people that did purchase, uh, you can just ask them for feedback. Um, you know, do you have any questions uh, about the product? Do you know how to use it? Uh, uh, you know, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, uh, and, and those things, just any touch points that you can add, kind of like Max said, any touch points that you can add 
uh, in between the time of purchase and when they actually get their product um, are huge and make a massive difference um, for people uh, ordering, ordering more from you and trusting your brand more. Another good one that we've seen really good success with, and this was dropped in AdLeaks, is order confirmation upsell. So the order confirmation email is one of the most opened emails uh, of any type. So redoing your order confirmation to strategically put an upsell at the top, uh, that's the only type of post-purchase upsell that we've seen work with one brand. That's great. A, a quick plug uh, about Gorgeous. So if you want to really scale all the channels that we're about to talk about, so Messenger, SMS, and chat, first of all, like you need to automate. You need to get rid of those uh, of those pesky post-purchase uh, emails that says, where is my order? And automate that with precise customer data as much as possible. So for example, one thing that we can do is use machine learning to know everybody asking about their shipping status. And then if their order is in transit, according to the Shopify tracking number, reply to them automatically with their tracking number, tracking URL, when the order shipped out, uh, and where it's going. So then like they get this reply and they move on so that your customer service doesn't have to deal with that. Like it's low value, it's post purchase. Uh, and instead they could be uh, engaging with people like really ahead in the funnel, such as on Messenger and SMS. Uh, Phil, do, uh, does Gorgeous have those templates built in just like this one? Um, yeah. Or do you have to uh, make your own templates from scratch? So we have a bunch of templates uh, built in and then you can, uh, you can turn them on uh, as simply as that. So you awesome. modify, let's say your average shipping time is like 10 days and you just bring this down. So that's like, it will fire to people that are on, uh, let's say the regular time frame. Uh, so you can like customize that really simply, but most of those templates are already loaded in, but obviously we also have success managers that can help you uh, build that for tailor-made for your business. And awesome. then like, if you, if you have like, 20% of your emails that are about where is my order and they're in your normal time frame, and you're picking most of them up automatically by machine learning and giving that client the uh, tracking number, tracking URL and the information that is like specific to his order. Well, then you can, uh, that's a lot of time saved on your customer service team and you can reinvest in everything or just maybe you need one less person on your team, right? So you just mentioned messenger ads. That's fantastic. Let's go right back into uh, that topic. So here, like there was a, a, a one uh, brand that we're working with, Wholesome Culture, one of their best performing brand in Q1 was a click to messenger ad. And basically it was off telling the story of why the brand and like how it's ethically made and they're giving back to, um, to organization to help save the bees. Then in the mess, you click on this, it pops up a uh, messenger bot. Then it was reminding the clients about that, um, you know, that purpose Again, and but offering a discount as well. But when you were clicking on the discount, in their case, you were not even going to a product page. You were going to like a about us page about how we're saving the bees again and uh, how your discounts basically help save the bees. So it's just like three touch points that are all like you can talk to customer service uh, through the messenger. You can talk also on chat here on the website. There's a little chat pop ups that, that happens at every step of the way. And they're not even lending you on the product page and it's still one of their top performing ads. So like, let's let, let's uh, go back right into what you were saying then, like what are some of the best use case you've seen lately around messenger ads? A lot of people I think are writing it up. Like it was so 2018 and with uh, the easy checkbox, but there's still like some pretty cool stuff you can do with that.
Oh, was that a question for me? No, uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I didn't know. If, I didn't know if I, that was for me. Um, so, uh, uh, I mean, honestly, I, I use Messenger ads a decent amount, not as much as a lot of people. Um, I think that there is uh, definitely a lot more potential to Messenger ads than, than I'm even giving it. Um, D or Max or Justin, have any of you guys uh, done a lot of Messenger ads? Not a lot. Um, I've used Rudker, obviously. Give him a mm -hmm. plug um, for a lot of the brands that we worked with. We partnered with him. And I know now I think it's gotten a lot tougher um, and you have to be a little more strategic as they've changed kind of the 24. Yeah, the rules are crazy. The rules are, the rules are now a lot more difficult to kind of deal with. So I think having a really good high level strategy of trying to get people to interact with you, like probably like by having that, instead of having um, a Zendesk chat, by having a messenger chat, because if they chat with you, then you have the 24 hours to be able to hit them up or whatever. So um What's the, uh, what are the latest rules around the center? Like anybody has like, three I, is it 24 or 24? I think it's 24 hours, I believe. For doing a blast to your list, yeah. right? So like, you, engage, like uh, more than 24 hours ago, you cannot contact them at all. Right. They have to engage with you within, you know, 24 hours. So right. do you still do that thing though, where you send them just like a random question basically. And if they answer, you can hit them. No, because if they haven't engaged with you in 24 hours, you can't send them anything. Uh, can you, can you have them comment on like have that trigger where they comment on your on your ads and then like it pops up a, a messenger but or do you know if you still like can do that like if you're running ads to get them to engage with yeah. them yeah uh, if they're commenting on the ads then that's a trigger to uh to trigger the butt basically don't quote me on it but based on what i think i know i would say yes but that would probably be a specific question for rudker as far as I know, isn't it a 24 plus one rule though, where you, uh, you have 24 hours since the time they have last engaged with you, but uh, you're, if they haven't engaged with you in more than 24 hours, you are allowed to send them a, a message. It just can't be promotional. Do you know? And then if they engage with that, then you can hit them with something promotional within 24 hours. That's, that's my understanding at least. What's promotional? That's uh, where it gets tricky. Really? Yeah, anything to add or Max? D, you can talk. I, I've talked way too much, so I want to hear. I want to hear your voice. Um, the so I've been playing with. I've been playing directly back into uh, ManyChat again because I finally have a project where I'm allowed to to touch it instead of let my team do it. Um, the so Phil, what you're talking about that growth feature where it is a comment to Messenger that is still a function that's in there. Um, the 24 plus one. It, the interesting thing about Messenger is the fact that, and I was jamming, I was nerding out with Rucker about this just a few nights ago. There's so much gray, and within gray, it allows for people to move and play and do various things. One of the big pieces of gray is you have to tag your own content, right? So if you're creating a blast, for example, or a broadcast, you have to tag it. So it, it's up to the user or the driver, the the, the driver of the, the uh, chatbot itself to go. Is this promotional content? Is this a post confirmation piece of content um, and you kind of go from there. And so there's, there's kind of, there is policing, but there's not policing. And usually there's not a slap on the, it, it, it's a very weird place. I, I know a few people already that got their, um, you know, it's immediately yellow box up the top. You, you, your page cannot uh, send messages for seven days. And they're like, but why, what, what did I do? And it's, it's super hard to find out clear rules. Um, but that being said, Tim, what you were saying, that's what, uh, that's my understanding as well. So if it's a, if it's a post event confirmation, then, you know, go, you can, you can definitely go there, 
but for the for the promotional stuff it is that 24 if they interact with you 24 you have that plus yeah. one reactivated back again but, to promote stuff to them yeah, isn't and like, there like said, a clearance for news even because part of the reason we couldn't do yeah. messenger, messenger blasts like we used to blast out uh, the weekend review and we actually had to quit that because we don't have messenger or like news clearance like you have to apply and get that so we had to actually quit doing the weekend review blast and you have to, have to be a news company it's weird mm -hmm. Like a, yeah, like the public, and that, that's the one that I'm playing with right now. So I've, I've tagged it under publication, so to speak. So that might be it's, the case. It's, but it's sort of like the IRS, right? You like, uh, it's the honor system. You fill out your own things. It is the honor system. Uh, but then they can audit you later, you know? Exactly. The way I've looked at, the way I'm looking at it now, though, and this kind of comes back to post purchase as well. So I'm on a really big hostage negotiation kick right now. I'm reading Chris Voss's book, Never Split the Difference. And it really struck me there. Like to get to the win, all you got to do is just keep them talking on the other side. So if you can somehow just keep the conversation going and I'm, you know, I, I know a few, uh, I know a few gurus and personal brands that, that do that really, really well. So I'm trying to figure out ways to make that happen too, where they just keep you talking, just keep you interacting. And then that way you can keep that fresh the whole time. Um, and it, it could be really simple, small actions and kind of the same for, for post-purchase as well. So, so basically the strategy is to treat our messenger subscribers as hostages. Just take them, <laughs> take them hostage. That's, exactly. That's all you or, or, or nego yeah, negotiate. They're, they're holding, they're holding their wallets and their dollars hostage. You just have to, you know, they're, they're the, they're the people you have to just hostage negotiate the whole time. Tim, you got to come up with a name for that one. I'm sure it's in your, your magical black book of names. <laughs> the black swan method. <laughs> As I called the money heist. The money, money heist. Black like hole now. Yeah, we're going to go. <laughs> guys, Facebook and Instagram incentives. Like, I'm curious if you guys ever tried that. But basically, um, where people tag their, their friends and give, you, give your brands love, and they say specifically, like, I love this, I want this, I need this, and engaging with those comments with an incentive to visit the website. Like, so we conducted a couple of tests and basically, for example, for this brand, PL10, that was a discount code that was only used as a reply after somebody gave love on a, uh, on a Facebook comment. And that discount code was generating 5% of the ad spend in sales. So people were only seeing it at the beginning of the funnel and like nested in a comment. Then they were reminded after like having given some love and being retargeted like, Literally, that's what it is. It's free marketing because people get the notification in their Facebook and they're coming back to the paid post where they were before. That was driving five points of their uh, of their ad spend into actual sales. So I'm wondering, like, if you guys like on Facebook comments, like, how do you create creatives that basically have people engage and give love and uh, with your brand? Like, are you trying sometimes to like steer the conversation toward like that type of engagement? Yeah, I mean, I've I've seen that uh, I've seen that comments like that you can uh, like you said five percent. I've seen upwards of ten percent uh, of your uh, uh, of the the spend or the actually of the revenue even I've seen not just the spend ten percent of the the uh, the revenue can come from the comments and DMing people um, from the comments. Um, uh, so there's 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 a lot of power there, and especially there uh, uh, if if you're not if you're not moderating comments at all and you have bad comments, that really hurts you too. I think that's uh, which, the most neglected area of any brand running ads is they kind of forget this whole piece of 
you know, comment moderation. Uh, so wild. Well, it's because comments don't really exist on other platforms, right? Like you're running a, a Google uh, search ad and you don't have to really worry about comments. Uh, you know, uh, it, it's, you know, display ad, same thing. It's really kind of a unique to Facebook and Instagram thing. So it's so hard to also stay on top of it because if you're using the Facebook backend for it, like you're real and you're like scaling thousands of dollars a, a day and like you're generating so much, but you can't keep up because like you're always like hunting for it and it's not organized. Actually, I'm going to talk about that in like a second on how to do it at scale and use machine learning to do that. But I'm curious to, to hear about uh, you guys, like if you have other strategies to like drive more engagement on, on your ads uh, and, and those comments. We stay away from it. We put it on the client just because it's, you know, it's almost, a, especially if you're spending at scale, it's almost, a, it's almost a full-time job. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We do it for clients and we have to actually hire people full-time to do comment management. Yeah. VAs uh, just managing the comments. Basically, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you get into any of that with your agency at your level? No, we, 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 at this point right now, it's still back on the client from the moderation standpoint. And some of them have teams in house cause they come from re doing really strong on, on organic. And so they have a certain voice and a lot of the time they, again, because fashion design, jewelry, et cetera, they, they have a, a voice that they need to maintain. And sometimes a report at communicating to external parties like us, for example. So we try to stay away as much as possible unless we have that. But even that point, a lot of the time we just put it back on the client. Uh, but when, you know, every time I think about common engagement, I always think about Max Finn because of the, the types of, because of the types of brands and how it's this like engagement fodder. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you put out Trump coin, it's like, man, talk about engagement. Is this at, the, the, the subject matter in and of itself just encourages that. Go look at the comments on the drop point, man. Where's the Facebook? Go page? to the ads if you want. Yeah, you can go to Proud Patriots and pull up our, our ads and stuff. Um, I I think what's what's the biggest thing that we've learned um, is the like a lot of people, and this is not so much about how we handle comments as like how we create ads and content that uh, encourages, incentivizes comments it's people are very very it's the one with the american flag um uh, this one yeah that page um because it used to be we used to have called it used to be called unicorn politics and then we just decided to launch like an actual that was too confusing so we actually launched this brand a few months ago um but a lot of people are very afraid to be polarizing or controversial um and so they they create kind of vanilla content because they don't want to ruffle feathers right so it's hey I don't want to piss anybody off or upset anybody. So I'm going to create ads that are very generic. The problem with that is, yeah, you're not going to upset anybody, but you're also not going to have anybody on the other side that's really, really hyper into it, right? So what we see on this brand, for example, yeah. is it, we start by targeting, you know, it ends up going after conservatives, right? People like Fox News, people that voted for Donald Trump, people that are, are very conservative based on their, uh, there's behavior and demographic targeting on Facebook that you can go after that. And, and inevitably there's some Democrats and liberals that end up in that, right? So they comment on it and it starts the, the thread, like you're an asshole. No, you're an asshole. And then this is stupid, this is stupid. And what ends up happening is people just keep coming back, right? More people get looped in and we, we joke about this, like, when I, when I talk to people that are, are very active on, and we all, we all have friends that are very active on Facebook and social media about politics, especially right now. And I, I try to tell anybody, like everyone that I know, like 
if you really are passionate and you just love sharing, go for it. But like, you're never going to change anybody's mind. I've been doing this now for, for four years, um, running political stuff. And I can tell you, we've probably seen upwards of a million comments when all said and done between the threads and stuff over those years. In all of those comments, I have never once seen somebody say like, write out a very articulate piece about why Trump's bad or Trump's good. And then somebody on the other side say, you know what? Like, I hated Trump this morning. I loved Trump this morning, but you changed my mind and now I'm on your side. It doesn't happen, right? So it just ends up going back and forth. They just argue and argue and argue. And then, but it creates so much organic engagement. Like the ads we run for this business, the, you know, usually when we run paid ads on Facebook, you look at that kind of bottom yellow meter below it says paid and organic. It's usually like a tiny, tiny, tiny fraction is organic. For us, it can sometimes be as high as like 20, 30 plus percent because that notification, that, that in kind of in platform retargeting where Every time somebody comments back on it, guess what? I'm coming back to engage. And then that person's going back to engage. Um, so we don't shy away from it. We've never shied away from it. We had a you know, t-shirt brand that we, my first e-commerce store that we sold about a year ago called Startup Drugs. And it was the same thing. It was, we had, you know, t-shirts and stuff for entrepreneurs that were very sarcastic. And we had plenty of people that hated it. Like we got shit on all the time and we would just play back. We had a brand voice and we had fun with it. So we had, we had people, you know, no, no entrepreneur would wear t-shirts and yeah, we put together a month like nine to five is for the week or something. Yeah. That one pissed a lot of people off, but yeah. like we'd have, we'd have people that, you know, said like no entrepreneur would ever wear a t-shirt and we put together a montage showing like Zuckerberg and Elon Musk and everybody just wearing t-shirts and just like comment that back. Like we wouldn't say anything, just comment back an image. <laughs> so we had fun with it. And like those brands did really, really well because we had a unique voice. We weren't afraid to be polarizing and our ads benefited substantially because we got much lower CPMs, much higher CTRs, much lower CPAs. Um, I, the last thing I'll say is just like, you don't have to ask for engagement on your ad. I think that's a mistake a lot of people make. Comment below, like this, comment, do this. If you look at, well, there's already brands on Facebook that just understand how to make viral content. They, they know how to put out videos and images and copy that people just resonate with. Like, People want to share stuff. They want to consume content, but they don't want to share just pitches or feel like they're selling their friends. So if you can create videos and content that feels very fun, engaging, organic, entertaining, like people are going to be much more likely to engage with that, share it, comment, like, like it, because it adds value to them and it adds value to their network. Um, so that's the way we kind of approach creative. How do your KPIs back out on your middle of funnel when you're getting that kind of shit posts all the time? Are you able to really leverage and run your middle of funnel? What do you mean when you say like the shit, the shit posts? Well, like just the comments, like all of the, you know, like, they start bickering, going back and forth. Yeah. yeah. Arguing. yeah so it, it's a great question. Um, we have to be, the only area really impacts is in our um, retargeting for those custom audiences. So like IG page engagers, okay. page engagers. We need to be cautious of that. We actually don't really even touch it anymore because it's too big of an audience and it's too, too wide open. But what we found is like, even if we did do that, right? Like, and we've, we've, we've tested this before and it's, it's very interesting. Like we might throw out a, like a Trump coin ad to the MSNBC audience or like the Rachel Maddow audience. Because what happens is like, it just gets a obscene amount of engagement and inevitably those people are friends with Republicans and conservatives and get so many shares, so many comments. Um, we've actually seen ads be super profitable targeting those audiences or just targeting wide open, no targeting because it, it gets more engaged people. 
Um, obviously, you got to keep an eye on quality score and stuff like that. But, um, but yeah, we ha- it hasn't impacted the numbers. Um, if anything, it, it helps. It gets our costs lower. How many times have you got your ad account shut down, though? We're So what's interesting, um, we've had no account issues. Um, we've had no issues with running anything. Um, and, and I think what's happened is like Facebook and these platforms had to be super careful with seeming political in decisions they make. And so if you're spending a certain amount um, and you have a certain amount of influence, like they don't want to go after conservatives or liberals because then it gets blown up to a news story. So these platforms have now become a lot more cautious of the PR and the backlash. Um, that's only been uh, as of like, very recently. It, it's been about like a year, a year, year and a half. Uh, I don't know about that. I mean, conservatives have been getting kicked off Facebook for a couple of years now and not liberals really haven't. So it's a, so organically is different. Like this is a whole discussion we can have, right? Like of, um, you're talking more paid traffic, shadow banning and stuff like that. I I agree there. Um, I'm just saying from like an ad account, because we've been, you know, running conservative paid for for about four years now. Um, And having any, any issues um, other than there was a, a, like a two week period uh, a few months ago where something broke in Facebook's platform, Facebook's technology for um, anybody had a political authorization. So it like didn't check something wonky was happening. So basically nobody could publish new ads in the political world um, for about two weeks, which was fun because it was broken, but that was like the only issue we've had. Thanks a lot. So yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of comments on this, but you mentioned something about like being really hard to stay on top of it. Uh, and because like, if you're scaling, I think Justin, you said like, if you're scaling, like there's just too much, like so we, it's not even worth looking at it. But basically actually there's three categories that are really important. Like there's the leads. Those are the people like giving you pure love. Like, yeah, I want this. I need this. So they like, they're ready to buy. They're telling you right there. Then there's the detractors, the people trashing your brand, like on your, paid uh, socials of this, like you either want to address it or you want to hide it. And then there's a people asking like legitimate question about like either your product or, or your brand or when they're going to get their, their, uh, their order. So like one thing that we can help doing is again, using like sentiments. So like uh, through machine learning and know if it's a positive comment, then tag it as socially. If it's a negative comment, tag it as a negative comment. And so then you're only looking at what matters in an organized way. Uh, so you don't have to cycle through like your thousands of comments where it's just a friend tagging somebody else and like, let them have their private conversation. So, so Phil, once it's, once it's tagged, uh, does, does it then it go into like an automated flow or does then you have one of your reps then manually hit them up or how does that work? Yeah. So then it gets in the view that has all the positive comments. So then let's say, you know, that everything in a view has like, uh, it's just people giving you a lot of love and saying they want or they need then what you can do is just select like 30 tickets at a time and apply like variations and responses. Uh, like, oh, everybody that says they want, just like select 30 and give them like an incentive to visit the website. And that gets nested to a lot of people at the same time. You can just cycle through a couple of comments. The only thing here that I'd say is don't uh, automate replies on Facebook. Like you can do it, but if you're replying, like if you're replying more than 500 times a day, on uh, your Facebook comments automatically, like you're making, it's instantaneous, you're making too many API calls into the comments, then you're gonna get your Facebook page shut down for a while, you'll go to Facebook jail for a, a, a little period of time. So like, 
steer away from that, but you can still bulk replies like 30, 100 comments within a couple of uh, seconds. And as long as it's not instantaneous and uh, that you're shifting the message, it's good. Kim has a really good post about this in ad leaks in terms of even like hiding comments and deleting comments on how that affects your yeah. engagement uh, scores and how that affects to, you know, your costs. Uh, engaging on your, engaging on your ads, like that's going to reduce your CPM, like for sure. The more you're there, the more you're commenting and the more people are coming back because if they're notified, like Facebook loves seeing the engagement. So maybe Tim, you want to add a little bit about this uh, since you, you also dig into it. Yeah, I mean, engagement is super important. Uh, and you should, you should, I just want to say this, you should pretty much never delete any comments. Uh, you should try to hide them. Otherwise, you're literally just uh, deleting engagement. Um, uh, but yeah, it's, it's super, super, super important to respond to comments. And then the more people see that you do respond to a comment, then they're more likely to comment themselves because they think that you will reply. If they see that you haven't responded to anybody's comments or hardly any, um, then they're, they're less likely to comment, um, uh, you know, which lowers your engagement rate. I mean, engagement rate is a huge part of your, uh, your quality score, um, uh, uh, which literally lowers your cost. So, I mean, it should be a no brainer, honestly. Need to be on top can of I, it. Can, Go ahead, sorry. Can, can, I ask a, can I ask a product question about this? Sure. So, um, it says here, like, and message, the sentiment contains all of positive. When it comes to that type of, you know, sentiment scoring and, and using um, linguistic programming to, to have that machine learning, how, how sophisticated can it get? As an example, here's an example, you know, like, Aussies love calling people like fucking legends. Yeah. Right. But if you have, if it's like Trump is a fucking legend, is that, does that sit in negative or does that yeah, sit that in would, like. If there's fucking into it, that would probably sit on the negative. <laughs> That's uh, a, yeah. yeah, I would probably, that, there's a good chance. Like if you have like a, a strong word. Like a like, swear word or a cuss word. Yeah. yeah. What, if it's, what if it's fucking awesome though? Yeah, yeah, fuck. Oh, oh, that's uh, that's probably gonna be positive. <laughs> Can you whitelist certain phrases? Like, could you say don't flag? You know, fucking. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you can put like exclusion on, like you can say, hey, don't fire on this word, that rule. So you can have both. Here, what you can do is just and contains the word this. Cool. You know? So then, like, you have a, a little. You can supplement. It's really easy to just turn on, like with doing like this, because that takes five seconds setup. But then, obviously, if you want to fine tune it a little bit, to but like this also works in 27 language, but I'm not sure it works in Australian though. So that's, uh, I'm not sure that specific of that one is are being picked up. Australian, Australian's a hard one to pick up. I, yeah, I yeah, you know, like uh, the sunnies and everything, like the, <laughs> the tradies. And that, yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a whole language apart. I'm not sure we're that advanced. Totally. Let's jump into SMS, guys. We're overboard, but I, I think we're having like, uh, we're having a good time right now and there's still a lot of people in the room. So let's just, let's just keep going. SMS, that was definitely the hottest channel of 2019 uh, as Messenger was for the year before. Um, but some best practice, some pros, some cons, like on our side, what we're seeing is like, yeah, using a GIF images, something like you can even reuse some content from Instagram to like capture the attention, like some UGC in your SMS, you know, spacing up a little bit the, the, the wordings and adding some emojis, not clumping it all together. And finally, not necessarily going all the time straight for the sound. Like if you're the first message on the abandoned card sequence, like don't hesitate to ask a question like, hey, did you find everything you were looking for today? Or 
like do you have any question about this product rather than like being like hey so 10%, 20%, 25% after 24 hours. Those are some of the best practices I recommend. I'm sure you guys all experimented with SMS in the last year, which is your favorite tool for SMS. Like what, what do you like? What are your sequences? Gorgeous, obviously. We're on the receiving, but your SMS bump or at like as strong. Emotive. Attention. We have a really good deal with emotive is really good. Emotive, uh, Postscript. Attentive, attentive yeah. is pretty good. I, I've used Postscript in like the Shopify apps and I've had a lot better luck with, I mean, a motive is essentially a lot easier to use and you have um, access, like they'll actually do broadcast for you and you have reps and all of that. Where like with SMS bump or PostScript, you don't really get the customer service aspect of it. Yeah, there's um, no success. Same thing with attentive. Yeah, so, so, so emotive is managing your campaigns. Is that what you're saying? They will, they will, yes, they will build your flows. Like if you tell them what you want, like, Hey, I want this built, they will do a lot of the front leg work uh, for you. And what are some of the best like results you've seen on like SMS uh, while using it? It was like straight on the abandoned cart or do you guys push it a little bit further than that? We do. So like for some of our brands, like I, uh, we've done, you know, obviously we do a welcome series. We have um, a, an opt-in for specifically for mobile. Um, and then we also have like a separate desktop with Clavio opt-in for desktop. So we keep, we keep those separate and segment those, but we do everything from welcome series flows to add to cart product abandonment. We also do basically what we were getting into uh, re-engage post-purchase. So like if it's a consumable or a product that we know the average lifetime repeat buy cycle of, then we'll automatically set up flows for like, Oh, Hey, did you know you're run running out of oil for your diffuser? You know, it's, it's about time to reorder. Um, if you have anything that like machines, we have some uh, brands that maybe like need their machines clean regularly. We'll send reminders for them to like clean their machine or things of, of that nature. So it's basically a spinning image of Clavio except for SMS. Yeah, what kind of results are you getting? Like, are you getting like a good rate of a men card recuperation to that or? Yeah, if probably better than email. Better than email, probably. Yeah, better than email. Like, the big thing, though, to keep in mind on that is, and what I really pushed with the motive was, I wanted to know their attribution, right? Like, if they're trying to really leverage a lot of view through attribution, or you know, I want to make sure what we're doing is actually incremental, and it's um, based around click through, and you can kind of set your settings that way. So we've really played with it and had and had good success. D and Max, have you guys tested uh, SMS last year? What are some of the best creative like you came up with that are working well, or are you just turning on what's in the account and starting printing money? I mean, um, so I've gotten to this weird, this weird place with like as we've continued to grow as an organization with lots of different brands underneath us, where I've had to, uh, I've had to rely like delegate more and more and get less less involved in the weeds, which I, I like doing a lot. I'm a very hands-on person. Um, so I, I, like a lot of this stuff, I kind of just hear the results now. So I know for like proud Patriots, the, uh, I'm just like looking at our Slack channel, we set up SMS, like card abandonment. And I think we did like one or two broadcasts last month for special. We do like a deal of the week every week. Um, and it looks like that drove like 72, 75,000, um, in new revenue for, for the business um, last month, which for me, I'm, I'm super excited about that. I think for, for something that we're not, we're not super great at, um, and I'm sure there's lots of stuff we can do to improve. Uh, I think it just shows the, the opportunity there, right? It's like, if you're not doing SMS, 
at least the basic level, you're leaving so much money on the table. It's basically our SMS revenue last month matched our email revenue um, for that business. I don't remember the stats, but like the stats of open rate from SMS to email are like, you know, everybody opens their texts hardly, you know, some people don't open their email. It's it's crazy stat I read, but it's a big difference in terms of open rate. It's like 98% versus like 20% or something. (laughs) Yeah, it's absolutely insane. So again, like I don't have um, like any cool strategies, but I, I can just kind of validate for whatever that's worth the, the importance of doing it. Um, because it's, you know, that that's, you know, yeah, close you, to a million dollars in, you know, revenue for the business on an annual basis that we wouldn't be doing without doing some just basic SMS. Yeah, man, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, I, I'm, sure. I'm, I'm, sim- I'm similar to, to, to Max. It's, you know, I've got the team doing it. I don't get hands-on with SMS at all, but every time we roll it out, clients are always happy. We, we see the same, like what Tim was saying. It's like through the roof open rate versus 20% open rate. Uh, but it, it's, it's so much more of an intimate place with customers as well. So we then get to play so much more in that space and the messaging gets to be so much more intimate as well. And you can make it personable. Like, you know, we do a lot of using first names from like actual just customer service reps that work there. Um, you know, yeah. well, one thing we've had a lot of luck with too, with SMS is we actually use SMS a lot with ad leaks, uh, where once you apply, uh, 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 and we send you a link to schedule your, uh, your phone interview. Um, if you don't respond within 20 or sorry, if you don't schedule the interview within 24 hours, we send you another text reminding you. Um, if you don't respond to that one, we send another text reminding you the next day, uh, but in a slightly different time all on, on your time zone. Um, uh, you know, if you, uh, if you've now been interviewed, but you haven't paid yet, we remind you to pay, uh, we give you like, a you know, three days left, two days left last day. Um, and we've seen, uh, incredible, incredible, uh, uh, increases in, um, conversion rates basically for, for each step of the funnel, um, using text messages to help, uh, communicate, uh, the flow. That's really cool. Um, so that's like a little bit outside of the pure e-com product. It's like, huh? this. So how did you link this like so that it catches the the company? We custom built everything. We yeah, we custom just, built everything. Yeah, yeah. that's a, that's amazing. We, yeah, we custom built our own application system, uh, approval system, uh, email, texts uh, uh, through Twilio. Um, yep. uh, you know, literally just custom, uh, our own uh, scheduling system. Um, everything. Um, otherwise, yeah, you wouldn't be able to do it very easily. Yeah, it's not out of the box like with the phone uh, recording and everything. Yeah, uh, no. Like good stuff. Last thing, I'm not sure if you guys ever experimented with live chat because that one is a little bit uh, tricky or if you have some of your clients uh, doing it. But basically, like as much as SMS is the tool uh, like or the channel of 2019, like we think that like chat campaigns is one of the channels of 2020. So it's like it's following the customer journey depending on where they are on your website. So for example, like if they're just arriving on your homepage, you can welcome them with like a sentence a simple message just telling, reminding them about a potentially a, a time-based offer like Mother's Day that you have potentially a collection there so that they should check it out um, and, or that you're supporting a charity. Obviously, like as you guys all mentioned before, like it needs to be like genuine. Then where it gets a little bit better, it's like on the collection and production uh, product page. So where now you can use like objection busting statement and like present yourself as like this, the consultant or something like that. let's say you sell woman shoes and like they're kind of like letter you can you could interact with your clients like hey those shoes that you're looking at right now they're 
They're 100% cruelty-free uh, faux leather. And usually women go half a size up because that's like the main uh, objection to purchasing shoes online, sizing. And then you're like, hey, I'm your shoe specialist. Let me know if you have any questions about your product. So it's really about mimicking some of the retail interactions that people are used to having. Like you're about to buy shoes, the consultant walks in and like, hey, this, just go for this one. Let me know if you need help with anything. I'm available. Like I'm not gonna get in your way, but. I have a question for you, Phil. Um, one thing that uh, I've been looking and looking and looking um, and I haven't found any really good solution uh, and maybe Gorgeous does this recently. Um, when I checked with you guys like a year ago, it didn't, but you got to see it updated a lot in a year. Um, can you, uh, uh, when someone live chats through Gorgeous live chat on your, your website, uh, uh, you know how like uh, Intercom and these other ones, uh, if you don't respond right away, they ask for your email and then if, uh, and then you give your email and then when the rep does respond, it just emails it to the person if they're not on your site anymore, right? Yeah, absolutely. Can you do that for text where it says, hey, an agent's not available, what's your phone number? Uh, and then when the person goes away, then when we respond, it texts them the reply? We capture the email but not the phone number on the, but that's like, I'm getting, I'm taking this one's product feedback because what we do is- I have been looking for that for like a year and a half and I found like three things, but like they're not, they're, they're, they're not good solutions and they don't have all the other features Gorgeous has also. So if you could add that feature, I'd be like a long, like a forever customer. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm, I'm good. You got me already, but if you want me forever, I need that feature. <laughs> I, I need, I, I understand completely where you're coming from. And because like, then you're growing your list at the same time, you're making an API call and just like growing and like creating sequences out of that, which would be like freaking amazing. Uh, so yeah, right now, like we, we get the email and then that grows as well your email list. And, but for us, there's no difference because both the email and the SMS are used to map. Cool. So it sounds like it'll be an easy feature for you to integrate. <laughs> it, actually, it's pretty simple. It's just like, I'm not sure we got a lot of requests for it, but uh, I'll, I'll get back People to you. People don't know what they don't know, you know? Exactly. But <laughs> yeah, I'm just curious, guys. Like, and let's finish on chat. Like, on the cart page, again, you can like reinforce the purchase that the people are about to make. And also, like, if you're selling bikes, you can, like, hey, yeah, great bike choice. You know, they're on the cart page. You're like, oh, my God, man. He's, like, telling me I have amazing taste. That's fantastic. And then if they – you can also put a timer. And if they're spending too much time on the cart page, can I have, like, hey, by the way, like, last offer, like, free shipping if they spend more than 30 seconds and then move forward or something like that. Well, I'm just curious if you guys – I've seen any of your clients, you know, experiment with live chat or if – it seems like a lot of people are pushing this back because there's just too much volume on email and on other channels that like it's false yeah. a little bit down. I mean, I, we, util, we utilize live chat um, on, on ad leaks. Um, I do it on my Tim Bird uh, website. Um, we do it for, for most clients. I find that live chat is pretty much good for any client um, as long as they have an AOV like over 20 bucks, which most, most uh, businesses do. Yeah. Um, uh, otherwise if you, you know, if you're selling $3 items, it doesn't make sense to have, you know, an agent there necessarily to sell a $3 item. Um, but if you, if you have anything that costs, you know, 40 or $50 plus people are going to have questions. Uh, it's not just like an impulse item anymore necessarily. Um, so I've seen live chat do like wonders, honestly. And then also when you when you see people that have like, you see a lot of the same questions, um, then you can just add that to your FAQ. Uh, address that in your ad copy, address that on the landing page, um, you know, whatever it might be, but it, uh, it also helps you increase your conversion rate. Um, but uh, 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 just from the knowledge, but the live chat itself also increases your conversion rate. 
Um, so I'd say, like I said, if you, if you have an AOV over anything over 20, 30 bucks, then you should definitely be doing live chat. Yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's really cool. So basically it also gives trust, right? Like you're mm -hmm. there, you're not trying to hide. Uh, like that. So many times there's just one last question that you have before buying, whether it's like, when is it really going to get here? Like, is COVID affecting your shipping times? Like, is it my size? Is it like, uh, does it have a pocket in the front? Just like, whatever. There's like a little question that might stop you from buying, you know, and that live chat pushes you over the edge. Yeah, 100%. Anybody else ever tried live chat or their clients and like seen like some good results or maybe a pitfall to like avoid uh, when using that channel? And we, we've used it on our, our info product business. So for, for landers, especially if you're selling, you know, a thousand dollar product and stuff, having, uh, having somebody even just standing, making sure they're standing by and they can hop in there and help people on a one-on-one -on basis. We did it for our mastermind. Um, so yeah, it definitely helps. I think it, it shows that, you know, there's somebody there, like you said, the reinforce of trust, the ability to answer questions. You're getting a lot of valuable data that you can use to improve the copy and the landing pages and the ads. Um, because you're seeing what are the most common questions we're asking. Okay, well, let's just address that right out of the gate. If we see, you know, 20% of people are asking the same question, let's put in the copy so people stop asking it. Um, so yeah, it's a great research tool as well. Great stuff. Yeah, we're not, we're not doing it half as well enough. You, just being part of this conversation already, I'm getting value myself because I'm getting a lot of ideas, even for our agency side, to be able to handle that. Because we, you know, we got two reps, inbound sales, um, doing five to seven calls a day, but usually it falls back into the same questions again. So mm. I have a question for you. So how does that integrate with phone support? Um, I know one of our brands does a lot of phone and they do use, do you guys have anything like that that integrates with ticketings with actual physical phone systems? Well, physical, like uh, you need the uh, VOIP. So uh, if you're like on your landline, it might not be uh, fantastic. But it would yeah, be yeah. VOIP, yeah. Like, yeah, so yeah, for sure. Somebody calls in, it, it automatically creates tickets. Like, do you guys integrate it all with anything? Yeah, yeah, of course. And uh, and then the the I think the great thing about phone is like also like you, if if you're outside of your business hours, you can still record voicemails, and then it captures the the phone number and it matches it against the Shopify profile. So then like when you're looking at the voicemail the next morning, while well, you have all of the details and of that client and it switches automatically the channel to email because like usually like if it's an existing client. So uh, then like, so you, you change the channel to email and so you don't even need to like bother. So a lot a good way if you want to offer phone because you have a high ticket item or like your clients are more old school, like just trying to cut the conversation short and switch to email as soon as possible so that your like your team is a little bit more effective that's definitely one of the uh of the best tricks so like it rings you have their client profile mapped up and then you're like yeah what's your question i'm going to reply by email right away great i have all of this information hold on five seconds later it's in their inbox but i think like having that switch of channel is really important and same thing with chat as you were mentioning that like you want to like you're not necessarily there on the chat. You either want to capture the SMS to follow up by, by SMS or the email to follow up by email as soon as possible. Um, but like, at least you want to give that like impression that like, oh yeah, the phone number is, is available, the chat is available, it captures my email and it's uh, just creating more trust toward your brand or your service. But you need the infrastructure in the back end to like 
be effective at scaling it because you don't want your people to leave you bogged down. Uh, hey, Phil, I have, a, I have a quick product question for you, if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, uh, so obviously, Gorgeous works uh, really, really well with Shopify. You guys are integrated heavily. How does it work for platforms uh, like uh, custom platforms, like uh, some of the ones we might have, or just other platforms? Yeah, so like uh, Shopify is definitely like the, the best to play with. There's the most uh, features there. Then Magento also is pretty good. Uh, that's like pretty enterprise uh, level. And then after that, for all the other platforms, like we have uh, custom connectors. So like we can like- Like, like webhooks? Yeah, exactly. So we're using webhooks and we're making API calls to display side widgets of all the customer information. So basically the identifiers are the same. You have your IP either IP address on chat. So you can connect somebody that made a purchase that checked out with an IP, chats in, you know it's the same customer because they have the same IP address. So you don't even need to ask them to identify themselves. But yeah, IP, phone number, email, you know, cool. those are uh, Facebook names. So you know if somebody leaves a Facebook comment, you know who it is as a customer. I think that's like one of also the most underutilized thing is like being able to like pinpoint your client on Facebook and be like, yeah, that guy like purchased three times. Like he's giving me a lot of love. Let's, uh, let's transform him, let's, let's, let's encourage him made an evangelist out of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, having all those like data points to capture the, the, the client info is like really valuable in the back end. So, uh, so Phil, tell everybody uh, watching this and everybody who's gonna watch this, uh, uh, how do they sign up for Gorgeous? Uh, uh, is there a, a discount code they can use or yeah. a special deal or anything? Absolutely, so for the AdLeaks uh, group, so there's, if anybody had their business negatively impacted with coronavirus, so we're giving away six months, up to six months free of Gorgeous. So you can, I will put this uh, this link as well in the uh, in the replay in the group, um, but six months free of Gorgeous if you have been negatively impacted. And if you haven't been negatively impacted and you're just thriving, well, good for you. We'll, we'll, I'll, we'll give you a two months free uh, right off the bat. So, so uh, if you're an admin member, and again, I'll post that in the, um, so you can test it out, see if it's for your business, but literally, if you're on Shopify and if you're scaling, it is for your business. So that's, uh, which is a lot of people in the Adlix group. So we're super happy to work uh, with you guys. Uh, so that's our offer. So two months free for anybody and six months if you're negatively impacted. But yeah, Adlix, maybe, Tim, again, you want to tell us a little bit more about uh, your company and what you guys Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So everybody in ad buyers, uh, you guys have been in Facebook ad buyers for a while, most likely, uh, you know, it's a great place to get your Facebook ad questions answered as well as a lot of e-commerce questions and so on. Uh, conversion rate optimization, you name it. Um, ad leaks, uh, ad leaks is just like, uh, uh, Facebook ad buyers on steroids. Um, it's, uh, uh there's over 500 videos, uh, on conversion rate optimization, Google ads, Facebook ads, uh, Instagram ads, Google shopping, uh, YouTube ads, Pinterest, uh, uh, how to grow as an agency. I mean, literally it's like uh, A to Z internet marketing. Um, uh, everything you could kind of think of and we literally add probably like another like 30 awesome videos every week. Um, uh, so there's a lot of a lot of amazing content and then there's a lot of amazing deals also that save you thousands of dollars a year and actually more than pay for the AdLeaks membership, which is really cool. Um, such as Gorgeous. Um, so I highly recommend you guys check it out. And I, I have personally used Gorgeous um, uh, for many months and I absolutely love it. It's so much easier to use than other platforms um, and a lot better features. So I definitely highly recommend you guys check that out. Yeah, and I think that the level of the community and like AdLeaks Platinum and AdLeaks Gold is really, really high. 
that's one of the main things that really attracted me. So. Yeah, we have uh, we have honestly a lot of the best media buyers in the world, and there are people that like really take uh, their careers uh, in media buying seriously. Um, you know, which which you don't get as much of necessarily in the ad buyers group, just because people aren't paying to be in it. When someone pays to be in something, they take it a lot more seriously, right? Um, yeah. Right hook. You want to uh, offer a little something to the the audience? <laughs> Punch in the face. Something else, maybe. <laughs> Punch in the face. If you need a well, if you if you want to come jam with the team, so on the front end, unlike a lot of other agencies, we made it really deliberate that on the front end, uh, w whenever you speak with anyone on the phone, it's never the phone. It's 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 a Zoom meeting. I lie. It's not a phone. Um, but essentially, we hire strategists on the front end as well. So it's not just like a sales person trying to close at whatever cost. In fact, we penalize them if they have a shit close. Um, so in other words, a lot of the time, they're not even meant to close. They're just meant to give you like good strategies and like smart shit. And so that's if you want to if you want to come jam with anyone on my team, we have strategists all the way on the front end. Um, hit up the hit up the URL over there. Uh, just contact us. You'll end up on the zoom call with someone who knows what the fuck they're talking about uh who isn't there to try to close you in fact if they try to close you and you're not a good fit that's when i whip them with some uh some demerit points so at least you know you're talking to like a straight up fucker <laughs> and max do you want to pitch your agency as well while we're at it or sure i i think we we sent over a, a slide must not made it in but um we were giving away all of our courses for free. That's why we had sent over like a link that had like people could go to download. What's the um, link? Yeah, for it. I, I forget now off the top of my head. Let me see. I think our assistant, she, she messaged it uh, over if I can pull it up real quick. Which is huge, by the way, for those of you guys watching that, that aren't taking Max up on this. It's, it's, it's the quality in there is absolutely so insane. Yeah, so it's paytraffictraining.com and then it's forward slash PTT dash free dash opt in. Um, I'll also, I can type it in as well. But yeah, paytraffictraining.com forward slash PTT dash free dash opt in. Um, and we just did that because like our info business is not a huge focus of ours. Um, it's something I, I do more because I, I like teaching and I have fun with it. Um, so we figured this is a way to help people that are. You know, we started about, I think we did it like about seven weeks ago when things really started. We just decided let's give away everything free. Um, so I think it's like six courses. Each one's like a 997 course. There's two on Facebook, a Google one, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, SEO. Um, and yeah, so free stuff. I think we've had over 7,000 people um, opt in, which is awesome. We did nice. like a Facebook, we did like one wow. Facebook live and an email. Um, it's over 7,000 people that have, have joined, which is really exciting. Um, we took Ryan Dice's lead because he started doing digital marketer and that kind of pushed us to do it. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's that. Um, this is what you're looking at is like our monthly training. So I just do like live calls once a month. So if somebody's interested in that, it's paytraffictraining.com. Um, but I'll send the free, the free courses and, uh, yeah, unicorninnovations.com is our website it has all our stuff. Um, right now we're, we're more focused on internal stuff. So we're really not taking on any, uh, consulting or agency stuff if you want agency stuff go to go to d he's the the guy to go to um but if you're a like a, a fast growing e-com brand that's like absolutely crushing it and you know doing high seven to eight figures and looking to to really scale we'd love to talk about a performance deal um basically we we front all the capital 
and would structure a CPA or CPL deal. So that's what we're getting more into. Um, just a lot, a lot more fun for us, more challenging, and there's more upside there. Uh, so that's, that's all the good stuff for me. That's great. So if you want to take it from seven to eight, call Max. And yeah, a quick uh, closing word here. So we're the number one help desk for e-com. So we manage all those communication channels that we talked about today. We're working with over 3,000 brands, Steve Madden, Movement Watches, Delraven, Decathlon, nice. and so on. Uh, and uh, we're fully integrated with Shopify. So you can take like really advanced action without having to give your VAs access to uh, the order backend in Shopify. So that's uh, if you're cautious about privacy, that's good. And yeah, I think one of the main things that we talked about is like how AI can help you like do a better job. And that's what really we're known for. So yeah, thanks so much guys for joining us today. That was really, I think there was a lot of good content. We went 33 minutes uh, over. So I think, uh, I think it was pretty decent and uh, the people stayed on the whole time. So yeah, thanks so much, Tim, for joining us. The Max, Justin, that was really fantastic. Thanks everyone. That was great. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having us. Thanks. Please look at Myers. See you soon. Have a great right, you guys. Stay safe out there. Cheers. Bye. Okay. Thanks, guys. Phil, Phil, do you need me to push back a host to you? I think I just did. I can leave it. I just didn't want to end it if you needed to. Yeah, I think I just need to find the panel and uh, close this thing here. Okay. Yeah, because I can't send host back to you, so. All right. See you later, Justin. See you, everybody. Later, man. Cheers.